one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When companies order you to come back into the office now, sometimes you have to maliciously comply with it. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, ignore the red lights and cones at your peril. This isn't really my malicious compliance, as I was just a slightly hot and grumpy witness, but it just popped into my mind on my way home from my shift, and I figured I'd post it here. About a decade ago, while I was waiting for my current department to hire, I took a job with a private EMS company as an EMTI on a fast response motorcycle unit, contracted out to our local freeway agency for accident response. It was an okay gig, long hours and riding 300 plus kilometers every day killed my love of biking, but it beat the heck out of working on an ambulance. The same agency also staffed pickups with safety crews for the purpose of lane closures and scene safety. While we were a quasi-governmental unit, we had no real authority outside of that allowed to us by the Fire Brigade Services Act and often had motorists ignore our suggestions when it came to not driving through accident scenes. This meant that police units still had to smack people occasionally and it was usually quite fun to watch. I had the pleasure of working the same stretch of freeway as a certain metro police motor unit and I watched him screw with people a few times. Two specific times come to mind. The first time I saw this salty old bugger use his powers of crab housery was after a multi-vehicle pileup, just after an aggressive bend in the freeway that closed down three of the four lanes of traffic causing a line of cars that stretched for a few kilometers back around the bend, meaning that cars at the rear couldn't see what was causing the delay up front. A number of drivers decided that they were too important to wait and drove up the hard shoulder, half on the road and half on the grass, to mosey on by the accident scene, leaving the rule-abiding drivers to sit in the hot sun looking at us with dismay. After a few of them snuck by, nearly hitting crews who were busy treating patients and almost taking out a recovery vehicle, this absolute stud of a man got fed up and moved his bike into the shoulder, but in such a way that they weren't able to see him. Every car he stopped got told to park up and wait while he waited for his next victim. After he'd collected a gaggle of about 20 of them, he slowly made his way up the line, ticket book in hand, to have an unhurried chat with each driver individually. Not only did I get to watch each idiot eat an almighty fine for leaving the roadway and ignoring emergency vehicles, they also had the pleasure of sitting there as the scene was cleared before being allowed back into traffic, turning a 20-minute delay into nearly an hour of baking in the noonday sun. There was much gnashing of teeth and mutterings of, Don't you have anything better to do, officer? While that was pretty funny to me, the best I saw of him was a few months later when we got a call for scrap metal hauler that was quite impressively overloaded that had managed to roll over while on the two-lane overpass connecting the same national freeway to the city freeway that led into the industrial area south of the city center. This thing must have been pushing 40,000 kilograms when it wedged itself, nose against the right-hand concrete barrier, and tail digging a deep gouge into the counterpart barrier on the left. This meant that there wasn't a ball here on either side of the truck, and traffic was diverted at the entrance to the overpass, around 500 meters up from the scene. 
I didn't technically need to be there at this point as the driver had been taken to the hospital and the road was closed, awaiting the arrival of two heavy rigs to lift and recover the truck and contents. I was leaning in my Suzuki, perving over this officer's BMW R1200RT when we noticed that the crew of the safety unit at the closure was having difficulty with a vehicle that seemed to think they were above the law and were aggressively trying to get by the pickup, cones, and angry men in reflective gear. Seeing this and the potential for injury, he told them to wave the car through. As it zoomed down and then up to us on the top of the overpass, he winked at me and when they stopped behind the very heavy and very wedged truck, he wandered over to have a chat with the driver, who was apparently the spokeswoman for the four-strong irritation of Karen's within. The crux of his chat with her was that he certainly understood their point about needing to get to their highly important destination, but that the road that they had elected to use was currently blocked by 40 tons of mangled steel and, he was sure they would agree, it would be dangerous for her to drive back against the traffic, considering that we had heavy rigs and support vehicles arriving and setting up. He apologized for the inconvenience, but directed them to park up by our bikes and wait for the rigs to do their thing after which we could all be on our merry way. It took about an hour to get the road clear, after which they most definitely weren't making eye contact and appeared like beaten dogs as he finally wished them safe travels on their way. All of these kinds of people who try to go around and think that their lives are too important to possibly sit in line when there's a major accident going on or EMTs or whatever, They all deserve to get pulled over, made to wait way longer than they would have regularly anyways, and given a nice big old fine. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, the company won on this one, but now they must suffer with all of the feedback. I work for a tutoring company, which we shall call Blue. Well, this company employs a lot of tutors across many different subjects some for younger audiences, some for older audiences. For the younger audiences, the topics need to be reviewed are in one long chain. So think of one main heading, lots of little subheadings, and in each subheading, lots of little topics. This works great for younger audiences because there's a limited number of topics and they all kind of blend together. For older audiences, those with more advanced topics, there are four units, each with subheadings, and within the subheadings are the topics. Nothing really goes together, so you have to either have the location of each lesson memorized, or be quick with your scanning ability. We tutors have asked for a search function so that we can find topics quickly, but the company kept saying to use Chrome's inbuilt find function. For those that don't know, this only works to find words on the screen. The way the tutoring service is set up means that find will not find words in subheadings because they're not exposed on the screen. Once exposed, it will find them, but by then, what's the point? It felt like no matter what we told the tech company, nothing was going to change. So, those of us with busy lives set up a list with all the topics for each of the different state curriculums in a text or word file and search that way. It took over five years, but we finally got a search function for the topics for older audiences. We finally got what we wanted. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everything happy now? No. The company gave us what we wanted but did it in the most annoying way possible. They complied but were total evil monsters about it. Now, we can only have one unit subheadings displayed at a time. To move from unit to unit, you have to change units in a special way, and this can take up to one minute to do. There is a search function available, but it is total trash. To find a specific lesson, you have to type in the entire lesson name, no shortening it. So equilibrium will not find equilibrium in aqueous solutions, nor equilibrium constants. So thank you, Blue, for making our jobs just a little bit harder and much more painful for the clients. We totally appreciate it. There is no greater horror than having to operate a software that is clunky, slow, when you have to swap from thing to thing having a horrendous loading time. But I think without a doubt, the worst offender in any program when you're dealing with a lot of text, not having a search function is the worst. But sometimes it feels even worse when there is a search function, but it just sucks. Like, let's take a moment to recognize Reddit search is horrendous. All you need to know is that anybody who uses Reddit as a guide doesn't actually search for the thing they're looking for on Reddit. They go on Google, limit the search to only Reddit sites, and then search for whatever they're looking for. Our next story is Sports Bar Manager Changing the TV. I was at a sports bar watching UFC fights on a Saturday afternoon. It was pretty dead until around 5 when the early dinner crowd started arriving. One family came in and asked their waitress if they could switch the large projector screen from the fights. She came over and asked me and I said it was fine as long as they put the fights on another TV. The family had the main TV switch to ESPN which had one of their special documentaries on at the time rather than live sports. Then the family asked if they could switch the smaller TV that I had just switched to the fights. The waitress said no since they'd already requested another TV. The family was annoyed and asked for the manager. When the manager got to their table, the father demanded that the fights be changed so their son, who was probably around 8, couldn't see the fights since they were violent and not family friendly. The manager tried to calm the family by moving the fights to a TV behind their son, which I would have been fine with. However, the father demanded that the fights couldn't be on any TV as long as the family was at the sports bar. Then he accused the manager of not caring about young children for insisting that the fights remain on somewhere. The manager nodded and said he'd get the TV sorted out. Then he also asked the father if he should change the music playing since it was pop. The father grunted about that being nice and how the manager was finally being responsible and looking out for children. While this was happening, the manager sent the family's waitress over to put their order in. Then, once their order was in the system, the manager switched the TV again. He put the UFC fights back on the main TV, but this time he turned the sound on as well, since the pop music could be bad for children. The father started loudly complaining again and called the manager back over. He demanded that the TV be changed again, and when the manager said no, the father demanded to speak to the owner. The manager said he'd get the owner, but it may take a few minutes. 
The manager changed into a sport coat and came back over. It turned out he was a part owner of the sports bar. Now the father really lost and said his family was leaving. The owner calmly asked if he should have the family's meals changed to take out orders. The father said they were leaving and wouldn't pay for the food the family had ordered. The owner said the family had to pay for their meals since they were already being cooked. The father continued arguing until the owner threatened to call the cops if they left without paying. The family ended up paying but left when their food came several minutes later. Until they left, the father made the son sit there with his eyes closed and ears covered so he wasn't exposed to the fight. I busted out laughing once the family left. I mean, is a sports bar really typically something you'd bring the family to? I just don't think a sports bar is a place you take your 8 year old to if you're wanting to have a wholesome night out. Our next story is, mandatory office days ruined my company. Just like most companies, my company was forced to go completely remote as the byproduct of the pandemic. It was an easy transition as we already worked predominantly online anyways, just in an office setting. We run meetings and collaborate with stakeholders countrywide. Needless to say, we thrived during the past three years with productivity at an all-time high and turnover rate at an all-time low. Colleagues were encouraged to take frequent breaks and not to worry about school runs or medical appointments as long as it doesn't block work or results in projects not being finished. We started to win industry awards for this and everyone was extremely satisfied. You were asked to go to the office for collaboration purposes if it was needed but they pretty much left it to you to decide. This was until our smallish tech firm hired a new director who decided to enforce a mandatory three days in the office. Now, these past three years, we closed two of our four offices in the UK. Most people moved out of cities and bought houses, sent their kids to school in a new town and took on volunteering roles in their new communities. Second cars were sold and people took on more caring responsibilities as they worked from home most days anyways. As you would expect, people were extremely angry over this, voicing their concerns. I'll preface this with saying that we did better work from home, and they admitted it too. There was no business reason to do this. This decision resulted in competitors moving in and taking away key players. We lost our apprentices as they were located across the UK. People started to quit left and right. As things got quieter, people decided to maliciously comply. Our remaining offices got overwhelmed with traffic. People could not find a desk to work, so meetings got delayed. People refused to work over their contracted hours or take on extra responsibilities. Our productivity plummeted, and we had to result to hiring expensive consultants to help. Internal satisfaction surveys were so bad that they refused to publish the results. This happened in January. I just handed in my notice after 27 years and will be joining our competitor in two weeks. I thought I'll retire from here. Needless to say, an emergency meeting was called between the senior leadership and they tried to fix things, but the damage is so bad that they had to hire an external company to save them from bankruptcy. 100% one of the biggest positives from the pandemic is a lot of industries finding out very bluntly that they can survive and even succeed, exceed, on solely work from home. It's just so moronic for you to do so well operating under the mindset of, I don't care how hard you're working as long as you get what you need to get done, see numbers go up, happiness go up, and then just come crashing down saying, nah, I want to see you in person here. This next story is, if you want a latte, order a latte. 
I work at Starbucks, and we have this lady who comes in every single day and orders two shaken espressos not shaken. Shaken espressos are literally ice shaken with espresso, and the entire drink is ice and espresso with a bit of milk on top. When you shake it, the espresso foams up and takes up a lot more space. Now what she wants is for me to put the shots on the bottom and then dump all the milk in and add some ice to the top, which is a latte. So instead, I'll put the shots in, pack that thing so full of ice she couldn't fit a straw in if she tried, and dump the right amount of milk on top. She always glares at me when I hand her her drink, but at this point I couldn't care less. You definitely have to have a good mindset to work at a place like Starbucks and Thrive. You have to keep in mind all of these different orders and names. And then you also have to be ready for somebody to come in and say, I want three pumps of this, two pumps of that, I want it shaken, mixed with ice. Honestly, when you think about it, you begin to understand why they don't ever get anybody's name right, because they're focused on 500 other things. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.